Wow, amazing worship. I love what the worship team is doing lately around here and just bringing us into God's presence. Hey, I don't know about you, but I got some questions. Um, I got a lot of questions lately. Maybe you do as well. My questions are concerning when we can regather. Anybody having that question? Hoping to get back together with the church, hoping to worship together, see your friends, give hugs. When can we take the masks off, the social distancing and all that stuff? I got a lot of questions. There's a lot going on in our world right now. I got lots of questions on all kinds of different things. Um, we are trying to regather, by the way. I just wanted to remind you guys, we're, we don't have any plans for it like right away or the next couple days or something, but we're doing our absolute best right now just to do what we can within the social distancing guidelines and everything, just to get back in fellowship, to hang out with each other, to see one another. And there's one tool that we've created that's actually gonna help us hopefully expedite the process and get you guys back together a little bit sooner. And that is that we've created a survey, a simple nine question survey that we really want you to, to take a look at and to fill out. It should take you like two minutes, three minutes, maybe tops. And the way to get this survey is to go to our church website at myanchor.church. It'll be right there on the front page. Um, you can just fill out that survey. And basically it's going to ask you questions about what your thoughts are on how we regather. We need to hear from you. We're a church all together. We need your opinion so that we can make some stuff happen. So I got a lot of questions and I want to hear what you have to say as your answers. But I also have bigger questions. I have bigger questions on what is going on with the COVID-19. Why do we even have it? Anybody ever asked that? God, what's going on? Like, why are we even having to deal with this thing? Why is it causing such a health scare and that we have to wear masks and all of that, the biological effects of it, but the financial effects of this virus and how many businesses are being lost and people are laid off and furloughed. Why is this happening? How do we control this? How do we fix this? And the third thing that besides biological and financial, the third kind of wave that's happening in this pandemic is the emotional hurt that's being put upon all of us, the mental health. And I, I like I told you guys the other week, I, I heard a, a webinar on suicide crisis and the number of people that are feeling just the effects of the finances and the sickness and the fear and the loneliness and the desperation and the depression. And it's causing people to actually want to take their lives. And it's, it's crazy. It's terrible. I don't know why it's happening. I don't have answers. And I'm trying to learn to be better so we can meet the needs of some people. But I got a lot of questions. How do I bring the church back together? How do I meet the needs of all these people? And I know it's not all in me, but, but I care. Here's a big question I have because of this past week and all that's going on. What's going on with racism? Why are we dealing with such hatred and such animosity and discrimination? And, and why are we resorting to looting and firing back with unnecessary violence? And it's crazy. And I don't, I don't even know what to make of all of it. I know there's terrible injustice that's happening. I know that there's things that are breaking the heart of Father God. And I, I have lots of questions. And I hope you do too. I think questions are good. In fact, I want to ask that maybe right now we could just say a quick prayer, even before I get into the word tonight. Can we just pray together? Would you guys let me lead, lead you in a prayer? Because I, I got a lot of questions. Can we just go before God right now? God, we come before you, God. We know you're in control. We know you created all things. We know that we're in a very real spiritual battle every single day for our souls. Lord, we know that the enemy is out there and he's trying to disrupt people's lives and keep them from coming to you. And so, Lord, we just right now, we just ask for help. Lord, I don't even, I don't have all the answers. I don't even know necessarily what to do. I want to be involved. I've got a breaking heart for people that are hurting and senseless killing and violence. And, and Lord, I just, I need some help. We need you more than ever, Father God. I just pray right now, Lord, that you could do whatever you need to do in us and through us and in this world to bring healing, to bring hope, to bring unity, 
to bring um, an answer to all of these questions and these problems that we have. Lord, I'm just calling out to you right now on behalf of myself, Anchor Church, everybody within the sound of my voice. Lord, would you come and heal us and speak truth and bring your love in us and through us and this world around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's a big one. Um, We've been learning from Jesus in this series. If you remember, this series is called How to Deal with a Bad Day. And the interesting thing is what we're looking at is uh, seven statements and lessons for our lives that Jesus gave to us, not while he was preaching messages. It's not from the Sermon on the Mount. It's seven statements and lessons he gave to us while he was literally hanging on a cross to die for our sins. These are heavy. You find them in all four Gospels, kind of one, two here, three, three or four. They're kind of split up between all four, but there's seven statements that he made. And we've been talking about this. How do we deal with a bad day? Jesus gave us some, um, some answers to that. And the verse, the theme verse we've been kind of hanging on to is this verse in Hebrews 12, uh, verse 2, that says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race that we're in. Study how he did it. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to study how did Jesus pull this off? Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So we've been talking about things that Jesus taught us from the cross on how he could put up with anything along the way. He started well, he finished well. We talked about forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the ways we can deal with a bad day is learn to forgive other people. We talked about helping, that by helping other people, it gets our eyes off of ourselves and we can't have a bad day if we're making somebody else's day better. We talked about serving last week. Those that are closest to you, When Jesus looked down on the cross and he saw his mother and his best friend and in the midst of his pain and suffering, having the worst day ever, he reaches out and he serves them and he goes, hey, you guys need to get together. You need to take care of each other. These are all different things. And today we're going to talk about lesson number four, statement number four that Jesus gave from the cross. And here it is. If you're taking notes, it's it's kind of the title of the message here today is ask God your hard questions. When you're having a really rough day, you need to know that it's okay to ask God those hard questions. Oftentimes, we're so scared to ask God the hard questions. We're having a terrible day, a terrible month, a terrible life, but we're so scared, like, oh, but I don't want to ask God. I'm scared. If if I ask God a really tough question, he might get mad at me. He might smite me with lightning or something, you know, ridiculous, and we get scared. And the truth of the matter is that in this case right here, Jesus is actually giving us permission to say, you know what, when you're having a hard time, you can ask those hard questions. Just make sure you're asking the right person. I'll tell you, I got some hard questions in my life, all the stuff that's going on around me in the world. I got personal hard questions. I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm not a super old man. I'm only 49 years old. However, I have to get a hip replacement. And I'm only 49. That's usually like older people's, no offense, old people, I love you. That's usually an older people's problem, right? Hip replacement. But I've, I've been dealing with this hip pain lately, and and it's keeping me from doing all the things I love to do. My surfing is not the same. There's a lot of stuff it's just preventing, and I have pain all the time. And you know what it is? It's, it's me asking God, God, why do I have to deal with this? This isn't supposed to be for someone. I'm healthy. I'm in shape. Like, I shouldn't. Why do I have to deal with this thing? And you know what I'm doing? I'm asking. I'm asking a lot of questions because I don't understand. Why does this have to happen to me? Maybe you feel the same. I'm sure you do, and probably it's worse than my little whining and complaining. But Jesus at the cross here today teaches us something that he says it's okay to ask God those kind of hard questions. Let's, let's look at what Jesus literally said in Matthew 27, 46. As he's hanging on the cross, simple statement, he says, my God, my God, 
Why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why have you deserted me? Why are you ignoring me? In the midst of his pain, he questions the right person. He doesn't throw a pity party for himself. Oh, wh why did Judas betray me? Oh, why is Peter going to deny me? He went straight to God and he goes, God, what's up? I'm asking why. I don't get this. Now, it's kind of weird because you're going, but Jesus was God. He was the son of God. He was God. He knew what was going to happen. But the other part of it was that he was also fully man and fully in the flesh. And this was a painful situation. And there was this part of him that was going, I, I kind of know why I have to do this, but I also kind of really don't like it. And that's maybe where you're at right now. That you're keeping your faith, you're holding on, but you just got questions. And I want you to know today that it's okay to ask why. I want to talk to you a little bit about when you don't know why. Here's three things you can remember. And I'll try to get through these really fast with some good verses. Is, number one is this, remember who he is. Remember who God is. When you're asking why, is remember that Jesus on the cross, he knew who his father was. He was tight with his dad. He knew what was up. He remembers the nature of him. He remembers his character. He remembers the loving relationship that he had with his father. And he knew that he could be real and raw and honest enough to ask his father. It says this in Psalm 77. And this is just an interesting passage here. Um, the writer of this isn't David, as, as most of the Psalms are written by David. It's, it says it's attributed to Asaph. And what Asaph writes here is, is this, is remembering God's character. He says, I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. Any of you felt like shouting at God lately? And there's times in my life, why? I just want to shout. He says, oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long I prayed with hands lifted towards heaven, but my soul was not comforted. I think of God and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I'm too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days long since ended when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and I ponder the difference now. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Talk about someone asking the hard questions and asking of God, shouting out, crying to God. I don't know if you've ever been there in the midst of the hurt that's going on in the world right now. I kind of feel like that. I kind of feel like asking and shouting out to God. There was a time in my life a couple years ago when I was going in really, a really dark situation, a really dark valley. And I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. And I was hurting and I was mad and I was broken. And I literally got out of bed about 2.30 in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, just couldn't handle, couldn't sleep. I just was full of questions. Why, God? Why? Why is this happening to me? And I actually walked out, snuck out of the house, went down the block. No one was around. And I literally started yelling to God. Like, I can relate to this thing. And I had questions for God. And I know I'm just a mere mortal. I'm just a man. But I was hurting, and I was in deepest distress. And I felt like this guy right here. just going, where are you, God? What's going on? And do you think that God gave up on me? You think that he, he told me not to question him? No, absolutely not. God allows us to ask these questions. But then look at what it says that Asaph said after he had all these questions. It says, but then I recall all you've done, O Lord, and I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They're constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. Here's my first point when you're questioning and you're asking why and you don't quite know what to do. Here's what to remember is remember who God is. 
Here's the writer of this psalm saying, I don't get it. This hurts. Where are you? I remember the old days. You're not here anymore. Why have you forsaken me? Just like Jesus said. But then he remembers who God is. And he goes, I remember your works of old. I remember your wonderful deeds. I remember how you came through for me. So first thing I just want you to remember in the midst of questioning is that it's okay to question, but, but remember who God is. Remember his character. And see, I read a quote from, I think it was Pastor Andy Stanley that said, you remember what you celebrate. And the things that you celebrate, you're going to hold on to. Probably your phone is like mine, full of pictures of different celebrations and memories and good things. And you remember, you hold on to those things. Here's my advice to you. Remember the miracles God's done in your life. Remember the times that he's healed you. Remember the times that he came through for you when you were praying with all your heart and God brought the the answered prayer and the story, the testimony came in for you. Remember the times that you had a terrible attitude in the peace of God when you prayed and cried out to him. He changed your heart and he gave you just peace and understanding. Remember the times when you didn't have friends and you called out to God. He brought the right person at the right time. Remember the financial loss and God came through for you. See, what have you seen God do? Here's a good action for you today to remember about God. Write down all of those memories and those stories of the things that God has done for you. Chances are what you're going through right now is not the first time you've been through this. You might be broke right now. You might be feeling lonely. Chances are if you stop and remember, there was other times that you were broke or lonely and God showed up and he brought the answer. He can do it again. So remember who God is. Secondly, remember this. Remember what God says. Remember what he says. His, his word is full of promises for us that Jesus is hanging on the cross and he's saying, why have you forsaken me? But inside he's also going, but I know what the word of God says. I know the promises that my father made to me that I'm gonna rise again. That if me dying on this cross is gonna defeat sin for all of humanity. That unless I go through with this, that the Holy Spirit can never come and fill the hearts and minds of all the believers. So he remembered the promises of God, and he endured the pain anyway. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, listen to this, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. See, considering the, pro- the promises of God, it says that they're, they're yes, it's a guarantee because of what Christ did. And through him, our amen is giving glory to God. And remember the word amen means so be it. It means it's firm. It means you can believe it. You can hold on to the promises of God as yes and amen. And I would just say this in your life is to remember the promises that God has made in scripture towards you. He's still got plans for your life. He's not gonna let you fail. He's not gonna let you fall. The the things that look terrible and the worst day you could possibly have, he has a way of turning them around and turning them into something good. And not to mention your story isn't over yet. So remember what his word says, his promises are true. Here's an action for you is I dare you to start reading the Bible and looking for answers if you don't already. In fact, I dare you to bump up your Bible reading a little bit more. I would dare you to try to really engage and read your Bible and get something out of it every single day for one month and, do, and just see if God doesn't change your life. See if he doesn't start giving you answers. I dare you to actually look into his word and take advantage of all those promises. Look, if your life hurts enough and if your problem matters enough, you're gonna do whatever it takes to make changes. And so I'm daring you right now to remember the promises that you have by opening up his word every day for one month and watch what God's gonna do as he speaks to you. So I wanna give you, aside from those things that I said, remembering who he is and remembering what he says, two of those things. I've got three things to do while you're asking why. Because God has has said, 
It's okay. I can handle your toughest questions. I can take whatever you can throw at me. Go ahead, ask. Ask, be angry, shout, yell about it. It's okay. I can take it. But what are we supposed to be doing while we're asking? Not just sitting there moaning and complaining. But look at the three things that we can actually do while we're asking so that our lives will be productive. Here's the first one, if you're writing notes down, is that you should learn while you're asking why. Learn while you're asking why. Hebrews 5.8 says, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. That's crazy to think even though he was the son of God, he was still learning things through his suffering. He was still learning to be obedient by going through the pain. So while he's saying, God, why have you forsaken me? He wasn't just complaining, but he's actually learning and expecting an answer and trying to grow and understand. So you can ask to complain or you can ask to learn. Think about little kids. Sometimes they just ask questions like, why aren't we there yet? Why can't I eat that cookie? Why can't I have that? And there's a lot of times they're just angry and they're asking the question just to complain. But I've been watching recently in, in a couple of my kids that, that I've had at home with me this past week. And my daughter, she's at the age where she used, to, she used to pout a lot. She used to get bummed a lot when she would ask. And her asking was just to complain. But lately I've been watching her mature and grow and she'll ask something, she'll be bummed about it, but she's actually listening because she's trying to learn my rationale and my reasoning why we're not gonna just drop everything and go to the beach right now. There's a reason why dad's working today. We have to stay home. We can go to the beach tomorrow, whatever it may be. There's a difference. Think about this in asking just to complain versus asking to learn and to understand and to grow. And we want to be people that are, while we're asking the tough questions, why is this happening right now, God, that we'd actually be listening enough to go, okay, I want to learn. I want to be better. I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. Look, I'm confused and I'm hurting. Like I said, I got a lot of questions regarding this whole COVID-19 and how it's disrupting the whole world. We've got a lot of questions regarding just this unnecessary racism and this hate and this, this hurt that's being put. I, I don't know the answers to, but in the midst of it, while I'm asking why, I'm actually trying to learn about it. I don't have all the answers, guys, but I'm trying to read up on it. I'm trying to educate myself. I'm trying to be someone that can actually be better and grow through this. I still got pain. I still am, am asking why, but in the midst of it, I'm trying to learn. So while you're asking, learn while you're asking. Ask God, what can I learn? In the middle of your problem right now, don't just say, why is this happening? But actually take the time to learn. I wrote this, is learn through the burn, don't complain through the pain. That's a little, that's a little nugget right there. You can tweet that one if you want. Learn through the burn, don't complain through the pain. Here's the second thing we can do while asking, is we can love while asking. And I think this is a big one. I think this is, this is really what all of Christianity comes down to. This is what all the world needs right now is just a little bit more love, a little bit more of what Jesus is saying is show some respect for one another, serve one another, help one another, put down your opinions and your attitude, your selfishness, and think about the people around you. Hebrews 13, 16 says, don't forget to do good and to share with those in need. It's like a reminder, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, while you're living the good Christian life, hey, don't forget, love people, share what you got right? Uh, do good to those that are in need. These are the sacrifices that please God. You know what the word sacrifice means right there? It means it's something that you don't naturally want to do. A sacrifice isn't something like, oh, you just love to do. A sacrifice means you're giving up some of your comfort, your opinion, your ideas, and it's saying these are sacrifices that please God. It means you don't feel like doing it. You know, let me, let me give you an example of this and what love is. In the midst of myself hurting and confused and going through my own struggles and the world around me hurting and, and financially I want to make sure everything's secure. 
Listen to this. God told me to give away a big chunk of money this past, this week, a couple days ago, actually. And I'm going, wait, wait, where did that come from? Yeah, God, I know you want me to be generous. It's cool, but I'm in pain and I got to like save and I got a budget. And, and God said, no, I want you to give away. A, for me, at least, I'm not going to tell you the amount because you might laugh. It might be cheap for you. But for me, it's a big chunk of money. And he goes, I want you to give it to this organization, this group. And I'm like, well, why, God? Like, I don't get, like, I don't know if I can afford that. And I don't know if they need it. Like, where's it really going to go to? They seem like they're doing okay. Do I really need to do this? In the midst of it, God was trying to say, look, I'll help you get your eyes off of you if you can always be a person that, that reaches out in love and blessing and generosity. So you know what I did? I got online, I did the deal, and I gave the money away. And this is how I felt after it. All of the focus on myself and the pain and the selfishness and the hurt and the me dealing with my own financial struggles, you know what happened? It disappeared. Like it went away. Like I literally just went, wait, I just gave away this money. I don't even know where it's going, but you know what it did? The focus went off of me and my selfishness and my hurt and my pain. And it went towards, I can be a blessing to other people. And then I started getting excited. I wonder what, what's gonna happen with that money. I wonder what they're gonna do with it. Maybe I'll find out, maybe I'll never know. But what a great feeling that I'm having a bad day with a pity party. And when I love other people, I'm asking, why, 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 God? You know what happens is, I was able to bless someone else's day and all that stuff melted away. So I'm telling you, all of us have the potential to continue to love while we're asking the tough questions. Second Corinthians 1.4 says that God comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they're troubled, we'll be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. He's telling us in the midst of our troubles and pain, that we should comfort and love other people. I think you love better when you've been hurt too. There's a whole meaning of that word empathy, right? Sympathy is, oh, I feel bad for you. You're going through a rough thing. Empathy is, I've been there. I know what you're feeling right now. And you know what? I'm loving you from a place where I understand and I recognize it. I think it's easier to love other people when you've been in that world of hurt as well. So be better. Love people. Don't be bitter. In fact, here's a good challenge. Plan out this week trying to love one other person every single day, love them intentionally and love them beyond what's normally expected. In other words, let it be a little bit of a sacrifice to jump in and open a door for somebody or give somebody a ride or to reach out and give someone a compliment or to text somebody or to make somebody food or whatever it might look like to you. I dare you every day this week to have a goal of at least one person. Go beyond the normal what's expected and love someone a little bit more sacrificially, you're gonna watch the focus gets off your pain and you're gonna focus on loving and blessing other people. So make sure you're loving while asking. Here's the third and last thing is, would you be someone that learns to worship while asking the tough questions? And this is so important, to learn to glorify and to value God and to put him above all of your pain and your asking. In the middle of asking, go ahead and yell. Go ahead and be bummed. Go ahead and be confused and cry out to God. But in the middle of it, would you remember that there's only one person that has answers to those questions? And it's not you. And it's not the people around you that are good, solid, really great people. But that God is the one that has the ability to answer all of our questions. So I would say this. Continue to worship while you're asking those questions. Now here's a verse that I love. And it's in the message translation of the Bible. Um, it's in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And it says, so here's what I want you to do. Listen to this, talking about a life of worship. Here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's worship. Take everything about you, your normal stuff, your ins and outs, your big stuff, your little stuff, 
and just place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and then quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you that's always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. You know what it is to worship in the midst of your pain? It's saying, yeah, it hurts, God, and I'm feeling pain, and I acknowledge it, and it's real, and my emotions are escalated, and I don't know what to do about certain things, but God, you're still in control. God, you're still good. God, you are more valuable than my selfishness, than any other people's opinions, than me trying to solve this myself. Lord, here's everything about my life. That's what worshiping God is while you're asking, is dedicating every part of your life to God. Here's a cool story. This week, earlier in the week, a couple days ago, I got the privilege of blessing, praying a blessing over someone's new business. Actually, they got a brand new food truck that they refurbished, they put together, and they're going to go out there and they're going to bless the community with their food, something um, the wife just loves to do. And the husband is the one that got to build the food truck and do all of this, spent, spent months, years actually putting together this truck. And it was really interesting that it all came together and it was ready, and they're going to go launch, and they're going to be in Kailua next week, and it's, it's exciting, but they asked for me to come and to pray over it. And we prayed together, had them pray as well. And we just invited God's presence. We basically did what this verse is saying. We took our everyday, ordinary life, sleeping, eating, going to work, their business, their food truck, and just presented it as an offering to God. This is what worship is, guys. It doesn't have to be something that sounds all holy and religious. It's really just saying, God, here's everything about my life, even the hard stuff and I'm, as I'm asking. And so we, we dedicated this food truck and we blessed it and we prayed over them and their business and their family and just how God would, would use it to glorify him and to bring people to Christ. And it was just really exciting, really fun. But along the way then, uh, my friend, the husband said that this was so hard that in the midst of him trying to uh, fix this truck up and the mechanical and the wiring, all this, that there was times when he just ran out of answers. He didn't know how he's going to get things to put together and fit together and the, the parts would break and he didn't know what was going on. And he cried out. He was frustrated. He was mad. He said he, said he had to repent because there was a lot of four-letter words that he used. He said at one point he even went outside. He cursed the truck. He just got so mad. I don't want this thing to work. He took his tools. He threw his tools. He got all mad and all, did all of this stuff. And he's like, why, God? Why isn't this working? What's going on? And here's the cool thing is, is even in the midst of all that, he's feeling all guilty. And I said, no, man, but what did you do afterwards? He goes, well, I repented. I came back to God. I prayed. And I said, and what happened? He said, well, it was pretty interesting because I'd go to bed super frustrated. But at like three in the morning, God wakes me up and I have the solution in my head. And I go and write it down. And the next day, it all came together. And he goes, I can't tell you how many supernatural times like that God showed up when I was just done. But I kept coming back and repenting and going, well, God, here, it's all yours. I don't understand. And all he was doing was frustrated and asking why. And you know what God did? God said, that's okay, I can take it. I can take those four-letter words, bring them. I got some four-letter words of my own. Love, love is a good one. But he said, I got you. Wherever you're at, this is what worship is. You can ask. You can freak out. You can ask God, why have you forsake me? But in the midst of it, you can, if you can find it in your heart to continue to hold on to your faith and to worship God, then God's gonna show up and he's gonna bless your life. And so I would ask you the same thing. And this last thing is, Whatever's going on in your life and the hurt and the pain that you're feeling this week, would you make a decision to dedicate every single little part of your life to worshiping God? And you may not even feel like it, right? But that's what real faith is all about. 
Faith is when we believe in something that we don't think we can do, that we can't see with our own eyes. And yet that's what Christianity is really all about. That's what Jesus was doing on the cross. He was asking the tough questions of God and he's giving us permission. When you're having a bad day, it's okay to ask God the hard questions. I hope that just strengthens you a little bit. Don't be afraid to ask him the hard questions. Just learn, love, and worship while you're asking. And I want to say a prayer with you guys right now. So if you'd bow your heads wherever you're at, or you don't have to, because you're just at home and you're watching, you can keep watching. I'm just going to pray. And if you would join me in prayer, Lord, we thank you for the word today. We thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for your example. So good to us that we can be real. We can be raw. We can get angry. We can cry out. We can shout, it says in Psalms. And Lord, we can ask these crazy questions as to why is the world doing what it's doing around us today? Why is our personal life falling apart? Why are the things that are, that are hurting us in our life, the people that might be hurting us, what's going on? How, what are we supposed to do about this? And Lord, you kind of through Jesus, you encourage us to actually come to you with all those questions. You don't get frustrated. You're not mad. You're not offended. Lord, you can take whatever we can throw at you. You're actually glad when we can be absolutely raw and honest with you and pour out our hearts to you and not try to fix it ourselves. So Lord, we, we just want to say, help us to be real. Help us to, to bring those hard questions to you. Help us to be a people that would not try to take control and be selfish, but Lord, to lay everything at your feet and ask those tough questions so that you could turn our bad day into something really good. Amen. And I want to say another prayer right now with some of you that Maybe you, you don't have God in your life. Maybe someone recommended that you watch this show here today. You watch our online broadcast at Anchor Church. Or maybe you've been watching for a while, but you know you're not close to God. And I want to talk right now to the people that maybe are not feeling close to God, but you want to be. Maybe you've got hurts in your life and there's problems in your life and you really could use God to come alongside and to help you out and to do some miracles and to, to hook you up and give you some understanding to help you answer some of these questions. Whether, whether you've never made this decision ever before to really follow God and embrace him, or maybe you did a long time ago. I know there's a lot of people out there, you, you went to Christian school when you were young or something like that, and you kind of, you think maybe you knew God a long time ago, but you've walked away and you know it. Well, God's reaching out. I want you to know that he's not mad at you. He's not gonna like push you away. He's not gonna judge you. He's actually here to welcome you in. He's been waiting for you. I'm telling you this. He's a good God. He wants you in his family on his team. He wants to bless you. And all it takes is a step of faith in your heart today, just to say a simple prayer, to tell God you believe in who he is and that you want all that he's offering you. And he's going to start a new relationship with you. And if you'd like to do that, I'd like to say a prayer with you right now. I'm going to actually kind of pray the words out loud. And I want you to kind of take my words, kind of hitch off, hitchhike off the words that I'm saying, make them the words of your heart to God right now. Wherever you're at, you can say it out loud if you want. You can close your eyes, you can bow your head or not. You can just look right at the camera because I kind of want to look at you right now and I want to pray this with you. And if you want to make God your God, your Father, Jesus, the Lord of your life, would you just kind of agree with me in prayer as I pray these words out loud right now? Let's pray. God, I come before you right now on behalf of my brothers and sisters out there on the other side of this message, on the other side of the screen. And Lord, I'm just asking on your behalf, Father God, that you would meet us where we're at. Right now, Lord, we're saying, here's our life, here's our heart, here's everything in our lives, the messes, the, the screw-ups, the mistakes that we've made, and then all the high points, all of our relationships, our jobs, everything that we have, God, here it is, we're placing it before you. We're telling you right now, God, that we believe in who you are and that Jesus, you died on that cross 2,000 years ago 
to pay the price for our sin and our separation from you. And so right now, Lord, we're telling you that we believe that you paid the price for us. You bought us back, back into the family of God. And so, Lord, from this day forward, we're going to follow you. We're going to trust in you. We're going to give you control of our lives, Lord. And we're going to watch you do incredible things as we hold on and as we learn to worship you. Thank you for being our God from this day forward all the way into eternity in heaven when we die. Thank you for receiving us, forgiving us, healing us, and offering us new life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, I just want to encourage you, um, really important right now. If you just prayed that prayer with me right at the end of that message right there, you did something so huge and it changes not just a portion of your life right now, but your entire eternity. Like this is big. And I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to say, well, I prayed a little prayer that one time and it was cool. But I want you to know that there's some next steps that you need to take. You need to know where to go from here. Like we would love to resource you. We have some resources. We have some suggestions. We have some uh, growth track classes. We have some other things that we want to just really bless you with and telling you your next steps and where do you go from here. So I'm just going to ask you real simple to text the number that is on the screen right now. Grab your phone right now and text the word anchor to the number that is on the screen right now. If you text that, that's all you have to do. Someone's gonna get a hold of you. They're gonna tell you all your next steps, but please, please, please don't tune out or turn off right now without texting the word anchor to the number on the screen. We just wanna resource you. We would love to jump you into our family here. We'd love to tell you what your next steps are. We're so blessed that you made that decision before Jesus here today and that he is now your Lord and Savior. God bless you guys.